0: At Luckylandslots.com. Available to players in the US, excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. Do you know what I use to record these podcasts? It's Anchor by Spotify. It's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or a computer. It's all really, really easy. It's all really intuitive. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast. Good afternoon. Welcome to Inside Indiana Sports, now with Kent Sterling. It's Monday, June 28th, 2021. We're brought to you by the great people at Today's Dentistry. If you got a chance to hire the best dentist ever, wouldn't you do it? Of course you would. And you can. Dr. Mike O'Neill at Today's Dentistry, 317-849-2933 is the number. Hit subscribe, punch like, ring the bell. Let's talk about sports. I want to talk about the NBA draft today. Two different drafts. One, maybe the best of all time, 1996. We're celebrating the silver anniversary of that draft. Four Hall of Famers, three most valuable players, and 64 all-star appearances among the top 20 taken in that draft. Then I want to talk about a bad draft. Kevin Pritchard, the president of basketball operations for the Pacers, takes a lot of slings and arrows over his work in the 2017 draft where he took T.J. Leaf 17th overall. I'm going to tell you why that wasn't such a bad pick, despite the fact that there was a lot of talent behind T.J. Leaf. We can, you know what? He's got to take responsibility for it, and he made a mistake, but not nearly the kind of mistake that others made during that draft. So let's talk about 1996 first. The first overall pick, Allen Iverson. Fantastic, obviously. An MVP, a Hall of Famer, an 11-time All-Star, one of the most dynamic players in the history of the NBA. Second in that draft, and I'm not going to go through them all, but Marcus Camby, a defensive player of the year while he was in the NBA. No all-star appearances, not an MVP. But Marcus Canby, still a decent basketball player, taken second overall. You get that kind of defensive player at number two, you feel okay about that. Uh, Sharif, taken number three. One all-star appearance, not the greatest pick ever, given the depth of talent in this draft, but not a complete swing and miss. Stephon Marbury, Number four, Ray Allen. Number five, Barbary, two all-star appearances. Ray Allen, Hall of Fame, and a 10-time all-star. Antoine Walker, number six, a three-time all-star. Lorenzen Wright, not feeling really good about that pick if you're the general manager who selected Lorenzen Wright, number seven in this draft. Given the talent, we're going to talk about when we get to 13. When we get to 13, this draft gets sexy in a hurry. All right, number eight. Kerry Kittles, eh, he was all right, not bad. Samaki Walker, number nine, not terrible, not great. Eric Dampier for the Pacers, you know what? He lasted one year in Indiana. He had a tough time staying awake in meetings. That drove Larry Brown nuts, so he had to go. And Eric Dampier was traded for Chris Mullen, who for the first two years Chris Mullen was here in 97-98 and 98-99 was a full-time starter, never missed a game. Now in the third year... That he was with the Pacers. You know what? The bloom was kind of off the rose. And Mully wasn't the dynamic shooter, player, offensive cog in the wheel that he was the first two years. But for those first two years, he was really, really good. So, if you take number 10 overall, Dampier for a year. And then a couple of years of Chris Mullen being really good. You know what? That 10th overall pick looks a little bit better than it would otherwise. Plus, Eric Dampier. You know what? Win share total. In the 50s for his career. Had a nice run with uh, with the Mavs. Was with the uh, Warriors for a little bit immediately after the trade with the Pacers. So Eric Dampier, not terrible. Now you do get to terrible. Todd Fuller. No offense to Todd Phil- Fuller or his relatives. But Todd Fuller, given what was coming in this draft, he played five seasons in the NBA. You know what? Not a good pick. Number, number uh, 12... Vitelli Potapanko. Normally, if you got a guy as good as Potapanko was at 12, you'd feel really good about it. But given what's about to happen in this draft, you really don't feel good about it at all because at number 13, Kobe Bean Bryant was selected by the Charlotte Hornets. Now, the only thing that gets the GMs that took Fuller and Potapanko off the hook is the guy who took uh, Kobe Bryant at 13, immediately dealt him to the Los Angeles Lakers. Under some pressure, Brian had said the only team he wanted to play for was the Lakers. I would not have accommodated that, right? But he goes to the Lakers for two years' worth of Vlade Divac. Divac goes for two years and and then becomes a free agent and signs with the Sacramento Kings. That's a terrible trade. you got two years of an okay center in exchange For one of the best 10 players in the history of the NBA. And I think I've made that swath of players a little bit too broad. I think Kobe Bryant is a little bit better than top 10. Top 5? I don't know. Somewhere around 7? Probably. Next, at 14, Peja Stojakovic. One of the best shooters in the history of the NBA. At 15, Steve Nash. One of the best players in the NBA. A guy who for his career averaged... 50% 50% plus from the field, 40% plus from beyond the arc, and 90% plus from the line for his career. Guys do that for a season like Malcolm Brogdon did. And, and you know, wow, this is stupendous. What a shooter. This is a guy who did it for his career. He was selected 15th overall. That's phenomenal. Fifteen. You're not even, if you took Paisha Stojakovic, you're feeling bad about that because you passed on Steve Nash. That's how good Steve Nash was. He was a two time MVP, Hall of Fame, eight time All Star, phenomenal basketball player, and now a coach with the Brooklyn Nets. At 16, Tony Delk. Doesn't do much for me, doesn't do much for you, didn't do much for the Boston Celtics. At 17, Jermaine O'Neill goes to the Portland Trail Blazers at the tender age of 17. Took him some time to kind of build some bulk and develop game. And then when he did, Donnie Walsh paid attention, noticed, and sent Dale Davis to the Portland Trail Blazers to get Jermaine O'Neal back here. And that wound up being prescient. That was Donnie Walsh at his best understanding that after the 2000 season where the Pacers went to the NBA finals and lost to the Lakers in six, that the Pacers were at a point where they kind of needed to rebuild on the fly. They couldn't take a guy early in the draft and wait for him to kind of sprout wings and develop a game. So they did that to somebody. They made a trade with somebody who'd already done that. And that was the trailblazers with Jermaine O'Neal developed into an MVP caliber type player, Uh, went to six all-star games with the Pacers, Pacers gave up Dale Davis, who at the age of 31, when the trade was made, was really just kind of starting to lose sort of the luster in his game, not a good foul shooter, a really good defensive guy, a mean guy underneath, and and mean is a good thing, Dale Davis was one of those guys, when he got off the Pacers team bus, teams were like, I don't know if I want to play against this guy. That's uh, Dale Davis, a rebounding machine and a, uh, a really good serviceable player who actually ranks third in Pacers history in terms of win shares. That's a little odd, just ahead of Rick Smith and behind Reggie Miller, who's got a, a substantial lead over everybody else. And then Roger Brown, who built most of his statistics during his time in the ABA with the Pacers. Uh, but you know what, Roger Brown, you talked to ABA guys, he was phenomenal when he was here with the Pacers, and one of the primary reasons the Pacers were a championship ABA team. Then you've got John Wallace, Waldron McCarty, and then uh, Zydrunas Ilgowskis. Ilgowskis went to two All-Star games. He was the 20th selection in the 1996 draft. That is a good draft. That's a shooting fish in a barrel draft unless... Uh, you took, you know, unless you drafted at 11 or 12 and picked up uh, Todd Fuller or Vitali Potapenko. although, like I said, Potapenko not entirely bad. Now let's talk about a draft where things did not go well for some teams, including uh, the Indiana Pacers, who at 17 took T.J. Leaf. But here's why T.J. Leaf wasn't maybe as bad a selection as a lot of people would come to think. Number one. The, the top pick overall in this draft was Markel Fultz. He was taken by the Philadelphia 76ers, number one overall, right? And the trade was to uh, the Celtics allowed the 76ers to move up two spots. The Celtics, with the number three overall pick, they took Jason Tatum. Tatum, the class of this draft, Fultz, not so much, who after four seasons has compiled a grand total of 3.1 win shares. That ain't so good. And he gave up a boatload of picks to get Fultz to come to Philadelphia. One of the worst deals of all time. Not quite as bad as the Hornets deal, sending Kobe Bryant to the Lakers in exchange for Vlade Divac. However, not a good trade. Really not a good trade. Number four overall in this draft, how about Josh Jackson out of Kansas? His uh, win uh, win share total to this point in his career after four years, negative 1.7. At number eight, Frank and 0.4 for the Knicks. And I don't think he's with the Knicks anymore, and I don't really care. Number nine, Dennis Smith Jr., who I knew from watching him play travel basketball, This guy was going to come into the NBA, was going to cash checks, and was going to waste a team's time and draft equity in selecting him. He's number nine. He is a negative 1.0 drafted by the Mavs. Then you've got 17. That's T.J. Leaf at 2.7. So Jackson, Telekina, and Smith, all far worse picks than T.J. Leaf. If we're going to kill Kevin Pritchard over taking T.J. Leaf at 17, What do we do with the general managers who, who, number one, the guy who traded with the Celtics to move up to take Markel Fultz? Number two, the guy who drafted Josh Jackson, number four. Number three, Tilakina, the GM who drafted that guy at number eight. And the guy who, I'm telling you, I watched uh, Dennis Smith Jr. for a weekend. I was like, I would not take this guy ever to play on my team regardless of draft position. And and the Mavericks could not wait to take Dennis uh, Smith Jr. I would fire that general manager immediately. It was Donnie Nelson, and Donnie Nelson now the former general manager of the Dallas Mavericks. Nothing against uh, Donnie Nelson, but Dennis Smith Jr. Did you watch him? Did you watch him play, or do you just like measure length and verticality and watch a guy shoot a little bit before you take it? You got to watch a guy compete. That's why I would never have taken T.J. Leaf because I also saw him play travel basketball for a team that played no defense whatsoever in an entirely stationary 2-3 zone. T.J. Leaf's team, all they did was try to score buckets, and T.J. Leaf was a bucket scorer. He was really good offensively for UCLA and in travel basketball before that, but you got to defend a little bit in the NBA, right? Immediately after Leaf, at 18, John Collins who we've seen play really good basketball this offseason for the Atlanta Hawks. He's got a win share total of 23.1. At number 22, Jared Allen went to the Nets. His win share total, 26.5. And then immediately after Jared Allen, O.G. Ananobi goes to the Raptors, 13.8 win shares. That was a terrible draft. You are not going to get great play out of anybody in that draft. This draft in 2021, I think, is going to be much better than the draft in 17. Not as good as the draft in 1996, but a really good draft where at 13, you're gonna be able to go get a rotation guy who can help you either immediately or develop into an all-star caliber player. It's on Kevin Pritchard to figure out who exactly that person is. This draft is going to be critical for the Pacers. They've got all five starters under contract They've got key rotational guys under contract for next year, and they will add the 13th best player in this draft if everything goes to Hoyle, right? It probably won't. Either Pritchard is going to find a gem in the rough at 13 that they can develop over a couple of years, or he's going to find somebody who can play right now, or he's going to crap out entirely, and if he craps out, I think he's going to have a tough time keeping his job. You cannot waste the 13th overall pick coming off the kind of debits that the Pacers are coming off with the hire of of new Nate. That didn't work out so well. The firing of old Nate, which didn't work out so well because the Atlanta Hawks got themselves a gem. He's going to sign an extension to remain the head coach with the Atlanta Hawks, and now... The hire of Rick Carlisle, which is either going to work out really, really well, or it's going to work out very, very poorly. Rick Carlisle is 61 years old. He was a good coach for the Indiana Pacers back in 03-04 through 06-07. He should not be held accountable for what happened in the immediate aftermath of the brawl. That first year, the Pacers were really good 61 wins. All right, now he's 61 years old, hasn't been to the second round of the playoffs in the last 10 seasons as the head coach of the Mavs. There you go. Tomorrow morning, breakfast with Kent, we're going to talk about what happens. We spent this whole time not talking about the Indiana Fever, and I'm glad we didn't because I don't like saying negative things about Tamika Catchings. I like her too much. But 1 in 15, and you just cut the number three overall pick from the 2020 draft. So there would have been, it wasn't going to be a lot of positive stuff about Tamika catchings to tell you the truth. Breakfast with Kent tomorrow morning, eight o'clock YouTube live. And then immediately thereafter on Facebook live. It's a show. So nice. We do it twice. We'll talk to you then. With lucky landslots. You can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved. We are gathered here today to, has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry.